from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Well, in this episode of Newt's World, this is the first in a series of episodes I'll be doing about the road to the 2022 midterms in November, and then probably a couple after that about the outcome and what happened and what it means for next year. I've been through lots of elections. I first began looking at them about 1958. And of course, I participated in a number, losing twice for Congress and then winning 10 times. So I've been looking at these things for a long, long time. This may be the most amazing year of my lifetime because you have a much more mature Republican Party that has grown dramatically from the shell that the party was after Franklin Roosevelt was done into a really national party, which it was not when I was young. And you have a group of really incompetent people in Biden, Harris, Schumer, and Pelosi. And they are almost certainly going to be totally unacceptable. In fact, there's a poll that just came out in which 52% of the American people wish that Joe Biden would leave because they think his administration is so destructive. And I think if they knew everything they were doing, the number would be even higher. So let me start. And I think this was kind of fun. This came up because a good friend of mine, Barry Castle, wrote me and said that the Cook Report was saying that the probable Republican upside is not as big as some of us say it is in the House. So I went back because I was just curious. 
If you look at the Cook Report, and it's probably the most famous analytical report about House and Senate races, and they're pretty competent people, but they're Democrats and they have a bias. So if you go back and look at what they said in 2020, it was interesting to me, and I'm just going to share this with you for a minute. They said there were 193 solid Democratic seats and only 153 solid Republican seats. Then they said there are lean Democrat seats and so forth. They have certain likely and lean and then toss-up. Well, they said there were 36 likely or lean Democratic seats, which means in their mind, the Democrats already were going to probably get 229-seat majority. There were 26 seats that were up for grabs. There were 26 seats that were in the likely or lean Republican category and 153 that were solid. So they were saying that in the worst case, you could have 179 Republican seats. Well, instead of that pickup going to the Democrats, in fact, the Republicans gained 15 seats. Now, that means that the Cook Report was off substantially in what it thought would happen. The reason I mention that is because they do have a bias in favor of the Democrats. And here's their initial report for 2022. I'm going to give you comparative numbers now. In 2020, they said there were 193 solid Democratic seats. They now say there are 151 solid Democratic seats. That is a drop of 42 seats on the Democratic side that are solid. They had 36 that were lean or likely. Now they have 32 that are lean or likely. Now, that means that they're really talking about potentially a Democratic Party at 180-some seats. On the other hand, where they thought last time there were 153 solid Republican seats, they now think there are 166 solid Republican seats. And where they thought there were 26 lean or likely, they now think there are 17 which means that just taking those, they already have the Republicans at 183 seats. There are 23 seats that they list as a toss-up. Now, I think that that's actually wrong. I think that it is, in fact, likely that you are going to see the Republicans pick up far more seats than Charlie Cook thinks they will. And I'm going to walk you through why I think that. I will say also that they currently believe that the Senate is likely to be close to 50-50, which I think is very, very unlikely. I think that we're much more likely to pick up the Senate than they're suggesting. Now, why do I say that? Well, first of all, I'll give you my standard rule. I'm amused by polls. I'm interested in polls. I study polls constantly, and I have now for almost 60 years. But what I really look for is what happens when people vote. And the reason is, you're sitting at home, you get a call or you get an email, whatever technique the pollster's using, and you give them your opinion. First of all, you haven't quite thought about it. Second, that doesn't tell me if you're going to get up off your chair and go vote. So what I want to know is how many people are motivated to vote. And the only way in the end you really know that is when they vote. So, for example, this week in Norman, Oklahoma, site of the University of Oklahoma, normally one of the few semi-blue spots in all of Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a very, very Republican state. The mayor was defeated. Now, the Democratic mayor was defeated. Why? Because they had mandatory masks and 
they had cut the police force by a million dollars and were seen as anti-police and pro-criminal. And they got wiped out by a Republican. So Norman, Oklahoma, home of the University of Oklahoma, now has a Republican mayor. Well, let's look north. This is all happening this week, by the way. You look north and in Kenosha, Wisconsin, for the first time that we are aware of in history, a Republican won the county executive in Kenosha. And guess what the issue was again? It was defunding the police because people in a lot of these places are sick and tired of being scared. They're sick and tired of George Soros funding people who are pro-criminal and anti-victim. And they want somebody to put the victims first. When you look around the country, in race after race, we're beginning to see that. There's a second thing going on that's fascinating. There's an article that came out today. In fact, Rana Romney McDaniel, the Republican National Committee chair, just sent me the article from Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania this year, four times as many Democrats are switching to Republican as Republicans who are switching to Democrat. The Democrats used to have a huge lead in registration, and Republicans had to get all the independents plus the Republicans to offset the Democrats. Well, that lead is shrinking. Even more amazing, a few years ago, there were 800,000 more Democrats in Florida than Republicans. This year, there are 100,000 more Republicans than Democrats. That's a swing of 900,000 votes in one state. So when you start looking around the country, you begin to realize not only are Republicans winning special elections and local elections in places that are historically Democrat, but people are moving with their feet. They're saying, hey, I don't want to be one of those. Of course, they're moving in two ways. They're leaving New York. New Jersey, Connecticut, Illinois, and California, and they're moving to red states so that the mayor of New York actually was tacking Florida. And nobody can quite explain to the mayor of New York that if you take New York taxes and New York crime rates, guess what? Florida's just plain better. You're less likely to be mugged and more likely to keep your money. So that's a pretty good combination. Plus, the weather's better. But that's happening in Texas. People are leaving California to move to Texas in huge numbers. And so you're seeing a shift in the weight of the country away from the most democratic areas to Republican areas. You're seeing a shift inside the states away from the Democratic Party towards the Republican Party. Now, these are real things. I mean, this is not some poll or some theoretical essay in a news magazine. These are numbers on the ground that are showing very dramatic changes. Why is this happening? Well, I have a very strong bias. I'm a conservative. I've been around a good while. My bias is that the Democrats have become crazy. Not just they become radical, not just they become liberal, they become crazy. I mean, for example, how can you propose, and this is the estimate of Biden's Secretary of Homeland Security, that they're going to follow a policy which will lead to 18,000 people illegally coming into the U.S. every day. That means you would add the city of Atlanta every month, 12 new Atlantas, all of them illegal. Now, the vast majority of Americans think that's nuts. In fact, Ballotpedia, which is a very interesting website I recommend for people who want to track this stuff, Ballotpedia reported today 
that 66% of the American people believe we should not pay anything. There should be no government funding for illegal immigrants. Well, first of all, that'd be a nice step towards balancing the budget. It would also be a nice step towards saying to people, don't come to America illegally. It would cause chaos. I think something like 22% of the country think that we should, in fact, give money to illegal immigrants. Meanwhile, we learned from Jen Psaki that the Biden administration and its infinite wisdom is giving smartphones to illegal immigrants. Now, you're a typical teenager. You've always wanted a smartphone. Your parents won't give you one. Your government is giving a smartphone to people who are illegal. And her reasoning was, well, we want to keep track of them. And Peter Ducey of Fox said to her, can't they just throw them away? And you know what's going to happen. They're going to sell them. The number of drug dealers in America who would be glad to meet their next illegal and get a smartphone is amazing. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You have a Biden administration which on the price of gasoline is nuts. They're very anti-American energy. On the price of food is nuts. And by the way, food will become a bigger issue by August and September than gasoline. The impact of the war in Ukraine on cutting off Ukrainian and Russian wheat exports, the impact of Russian fertilizer exports being cut off, which is going to affect Brazil, it's going to affect Western Australia, it's going to affect India and China. I mean, we have a food problem building 
that in poor countries is going to mean people starve to death. And in rich countries is going to mean people pay a lot more money for food. I have somebody on our team here who has two kids. He currently will not buy steak unless it's on special because it just costs too much to feed the family. And this is not something he thought about a year ago. So what you have is a country which is looking around thinking, does this work? And then, of course, you have Biden. I was on Fox News, America's newsroom, and they surprised me by sharing a video of Joe Biden standing behind Barack Obama. And, I mean, it's pathetic. It's like your grandfather kind of confused at the Thanksgiving lunch, not sure where he's supposed to stand or sit, and wanting to talk to somebody. Meanwhile, Obama looks like he's a real president. You know, he's younger, he smiles well, he's very self-confident. Biden reverts to being the vice president in the shadow of the president. And they wanted me to comment on this video. I didn't know what to say. I mean, you got a president who's a doofus. I mean, this is a commander in chief who's sort of whacked out. And by the way, I think all of our European and Asian allies know it. I think when they meet him, they think, oh, my God, this is the leader of the United States. I mean, I've been told this by a friend of mine who has very, very good ties in Europe who just said he keeps talking to European government officials who go, none of us are going to take Biden seriously. And by the way, Kamala Harris is so much worse than Biden that no one should hope that Biden leaves and she stays. She may be the dumbest person ever elected vice president, and she shows it routinely. So you've got at the very core of the Democratic Party, two non-leaders who are each in their own unique way pathetic. You have a performance collapse, and then you have genuine issue differences. I mean, the American people are not all that excited by the transgender flag flying in front of Health and Human Services building in Washington. They're not all that excited about learning that third graders should be taught that they have a right to change their sex. They're not all that excited by being told that you must be a racist. Even if you're not a racist, it's a sign you're really a racist. In fact, you're so much of a racist. You can't admit to yourself how much of a racist you are. Well, the average person just thinks that's hogwash. And they don't want their children being propagandized. They'd like them to learn how to read and write and do arithmetic and actually have usable skills, as opposed to being brainwashed by some left-wing cuckoo. So all of this is swirling around. And what I think it leads to is a Democratic Party that is basically dazed, not at all sure what's going on. Put yourself in the shoes of a Democratic member. You have an aging Speaker of the House who at times is a little bit whacked. By the way, the top three House Democrats combined age takes you back to 1777. That's how old they collectively are. They average about 20 or 25 years older than the Republican leaders. And then Schumer's over there, smiling cheerfully as he gets very little accomplished. And you're trying to understand what's going on. And for example, on real clear politics, you learn that President Biden's approval rating is 41.5% positive, 53.5% disapprove. That's an average of his number of polls. Pew Research found on a March 24th poll that 71% of Republican voters say their vote for Congress is a vote against Biden. Only 46% of Democrats say their vote for Congress is for Biden. The economy is clearly the top issue, although among Democrats it's actually health care. But remember, as inflation goes up, everybody gets affected. 
I filled up Costa's car last night and it cost $90. Now, it used to cost, I think, about 55 People notice this. You go to the grocery store, everything's more expensive. So it's a very, very interesting moment. 31 House Democrats have already announced they're retiring, which is the most since 1992 when 41 Democrats left. Only 15 House Republicans are not seeking re-election, which, by the way, includes four of the 10 who voted to impeach President Trump. Only six senators have said they aren't running for re-election, five Republicans and one Democrat, which makes the Senate a little bit more complicated and a little bit more difficult. The Republican National Committee is just doing an astonishing job. They've already raised $188 million so far in this cycle. They have about $45.5 million on hand. They are two generations ahead of where we were in the 1990s. And I was so impressed by what a great job they're doing. At the same time, the Republican Congressional Campaign Committee keeps expanding their list. They're now up to 72 Democrats that they're targeting. 12 of them are in Trump districts that he carried in 2020. 11 were carried narrowly by Biden, 5% or less. 33 are in Biden districts where he got 10% or more. Now, why would you do that? Well, I call it the Ed Doerr Jr. effect. Ed Dewar Jr. was an independent truck driver who wanted to get a concealed carry permit, went to the state office, filed, had a perfectly good record, and the bureaucrats wouldn't give him a permit. So he got really mad and decided he would run against the state Senate president who was in his district. Now, the state Senate president was a Democrat who had won a $17 million race four years ago. So he was considered very solid. He was actually considered the second most powerful Democrat in New Jersey. Ed Doerr raised $2,300 against a guy who'd been in a $17 million race. So on the surface, you would think Ed Doerr didn't have a chance. Well, if the race had been, are you for or against Ed Doerr Jr., he'd have lost. But what happened was voters walked in, looked at the Senate Democratic president's name, and said, not him. And if you said not him, the only other choice was Ed Doerr Jr. So he won. Now, I've been through this before. What you're building out there is a tsunami. Somebody yesterday said to me, oh, you should be much more reasonable. Don't be predicting large numbers, et cetera. And I said, well, you know, in 1994, we defeated Danny Rostenkowski, chairman of the Ways and Means Committee in downtown Chicago with a totally unknown candidate. We defeated the chairman of the Judiciary Committee in the Houston suburbs. We defeated the Speaker of the House in Spokane, Washington. No expert would have told us in 1994 that we were going to win those three races. But once you start into a tsunami, you just don't know what's going to happen. And you don't know who's vulnerable. So my battle cry has been, run people everywhere. Don't just target what you think will work target everything, and you may get some breaks you don't expect. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Now, you heard Hillary Clinton recently offer the Democrats advice. They need to get their message better. And you've heard President Obama offer Democrats his advice. They've got to get their message better. Let me first of all point out that when Hillary Clinton's husband had been in office two years, we won control of the House for the first time in 40 years, and we picked up 53 seats. When Barack Obama had been in office for two years, we picked up 64 seats in a campaign John Boehner led, in which the battle cry was, where are the jobs? Now, think about that. The Democrats are getting advice from two losers who proved in the past that they had not got a clue how to win off your elections. But they're the best they got going right now. So I don't know, because we're a much bigger party now, and therefore we've already picked up 15 seats last time, I don't know that we're going to pick up 50 or 60 seats. It is possible that we could pick up 50 or 60 seats. But I wouldn't bet a lot of money on it. I'd bet a pretty good bit of money on 25 or 30. And remember, at 35 seats, given where they are right now, you end up with the largest Republican majority since 1920. And I think that's very likely. I'd be more likely to think they'll get 35-plus than that they'll be under 35. Now, in that setting, there are a couple of other things going on that are fascinating. When you start getting this kind of a tsunami, all of a sudden, there are races, for example. We have a very attractive candidate in Washington state, and I think she has a real chance of winning. A good friend of mine, Adam Laxalt, former attorney general for Nevada, is already ahead 4740 in Nevada for the U.S. Senate. And by the way, we may pick up every single House seat in Nevada because the state has suddenly decided that the Democrats are just too expensive. They can't deal with them. There's an outside shot that we're going to win in Colorado. 
I think we probably will win in Arizona because the scale of the damage being done by illegal immigration in Arizona is so great that I think that it makes it very, very hard for the Democratic senator to survive. Similarly, the weakest Democratic senator is in New Hampshire. We have a real shot at winning in New Hampshire. I spent three hours last week with Herschel Walker, who is very impressive, much smarter than people think he is, a great competitor, a good businessman, has a great story to tell. And I think Herschel Walker is going to take that seat back to the Republicans in Georgia. So you start looking around, you begin to realize we could have a very, very good night. I think we'll keep all of the Republican seats that have retired. I think we're going to win Pennsylvania. We're going to win Ohio, to give you two examples. I think Ron Johnson will get reelected in Wisconsin, where, by the way, we had a lot of victories in Wisconsin this week for school board and local government. I think Ron's got to feel very good about how Wisconsin is coming together. I think that Rick Scott is doing a great job as the chair of the senatorial committee. Tom Emmer is doing an amazing job as the chairman of the House committee. And I think that you're very likely to have Kevin McCarthy as speaker next year and Mitch McConnell as the majority leader in the Senate, which will be pretty remarkable. I was very fortunate to take part recently in the Congressional Institute's House Republican Issues Conference in Florida. They had about 180 House members there. And I listened to the leadership give their report on what their plans are. They have a very methodical plan, much more sophisticated than we had with the contract with America. They're going to run a very positive campaign, a very issue-oriented campaign. And they've got just a ton of good issues that are likely to, I think, attract an amazing number of people to the Republican Party and make them feel very good about voting Republican. So I would say I don't think you can relax and assume you can coast to victory. I think we have to campaign every single day. I think we have to take advantage of every opportunity that comes up to fight over issues and to push the reality of how badly the Democrats are weakening America, bankrupting American families, following policies whose values are radically different than most Americans. But I think if we will do that, if we just keep our shoulder to the wheel, keep pushing, I think the odds are that we're going to win one of the great historic victories of all time. And I think that that will be something that will be sort of remarkable to watch. Now, in that setting, I think you should watch carefully what happens over the next few months, particularly as it relates to inflation, to the price of oil and gasoline. And remember, when inflation happens with oil and gasoline and diesel fuel, every truck that delivers products is charging more because they have to, because they have to pay more for their fuel. Fertilizer comes directly out of petroleum, costs more. A good friend of mine runs a farm in Indiana. Their cost structure this year is up 84%. Now, they're going to pass that on. It's going to show up in the grocery store. And I think you're going to see again and again, as we go through the year, I think that it's going to get worse, not better. And the Federal Reserve is going to have the following tough decision. If they decide to fight inflation, because the left believes in demand-side economics, and I'm going to take one minute and just walk you through this because it's central to what's going on. Demand-side economics basically says that you really shape things by shaping the demand. So if you have too much inflation, which is more dollars available than goods and services, 
What you want to do is get people to hunker down and spend less. And the way you do that is you raise the interest rates, which then turns housing, for example, into a bubble, convinces people not to buy a car, et cetera. And so the normal pattern of demand side economics is in order to stop inflation, you create a recession. Well, that's what Jimmy Carter ended up doing, but he was caught because the recession occurred faster than the inflation came down. So they had what they called stagflation, which was you're getting hit in your pocketbook by the cost of everything. At the same time, you're not putting anything into your pocketbook because you just got laid off. And so it was that level of double pain where if you added the inflation rate and the unemployment rate, they called it the misery index. And that was one of the keys to Ronald Reagan's amazing victory. He actually defeated Carter by a larger electoral vote margin than any incumbent president in history. And that's because people were getting hit both ways. Supply-side economics, which is what Ronald Reagan ran on and what Art Laffer and Jack Kemp and Jude Winiski and Larry Kudlow and I worked on all through the late 70s. Supply-side economics says what you want to do is increase the supply. So if there's too much money and you pump a lot more oil, the oil basically absorbs the money. The inflation rate comes down because there are more goodies. You want to increase the total production of wheat or cows or chicken or whatever. You want to increase the production of automobiles. So by increasing the supply side, you mop up the inflation with happiness. People are able to buy more goods. They're able to keep their jobs. You don't get a recession. So Reagan ended up launching 30 years of prosperity. I mean, it was an amazing achievement. Nobody on the left learned anything. One of the few people on the left who did is Larry Summers, former president of Harvard, former secretary of the treasury. And Summers has written several articles saying to his own party, he's a Democrat, and he said to his own party, what you're doing is crazy. Every time you increase spending, you're increasing the inflation rate. You're presently going to stumble into, out of desperation, having to raise interest rates dramatically. When you raise the interest rates dramatically, you're going to cause a significant recession. The longer you go and the higher the inflation rate, the more you're going to have to raise interest rates, the bigger the recession. So they're likely to be stumbling into pain this year, having a substantial recession in 2023, at which point I don't see how Joe Biden can run for re-election. The Democrats will dump him and make him a one-term president. And I think it's all just going to be an amazing mess. Keep looking at the inflation rate. Keep looking at the price of gasoline and the price of food. Keep looking at the disaster on the border. Watch carefully what's happening with Ukraine, which is really extraordinarily dangerous and is the one place that could change everything. Because if we mishandle it badly enough, Putin might use nuclear weapons, and we have no idea what the world would be like if he began using tactical nuclear weapons. So there are a lot of things out there that could be concerned about. The good news is help is on the way. The Republicans are almost certainly going to win a stunning historic victory. And the world is going to be dramatically different after January 3rd, and I think dramatically better from the standpoint of those of us who have conservative values and who actually love classic America and love the idea of the country we've become and the degree to which we have freedom, the rule of law, and the right of everyone to pursue happiness as they were endowed by their creator. So I hope this gives you an opening sense of it. We're going to do a series of these, Road to the Midterms, 
and we'll catch you up on what's happening and how it's happening as the year evolves. I think it's going to be one of the great elections of our lifetime and one that you're going to want to really pay attention to. And I hope as a citizen, you're going to decide you want to be involved because this is a moment for citizens to reclaim their country. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan. Our producer is Rebecca Howell, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.